0: Hello, this is Lisa Larose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by Michael D. Russ. I am so excited because you inspire me, and yesterday was your birthday, and it was a celebration <laughs> of your entry here on this planet. And I just want to celebrate you for just a minute because. Um, it it is such it's an auspicious thing. I, I, a friend of mine once said to me, it, "It's the day your soul came to choose what it was going to do here on this earth." And um, <laughs> I and I truly believe that that's what you are are living that mission. You live and breathe it. And, and I just want to welcome you and celebrate you. So thank you. Um, yeah, oh, thank and you it, so much. it's really, it segues so nicely into, I started, uh, mm-hmm. we had the, the passing of, of a, a really an icon, an inspirational icon, uh, Miss Tina Turner, and um, I I just, I wanted to sort of learn more about her life. I thought, geez, you know, you, you have these people you kind of take for granted in the world, um, and they're kind of always there, and then when they leave the planet, you think, Wow, you know, I, I I never took the time to really learn more about who this person was, and and there was a quote. I so I started listening to a book that she wrote um, called Happiness Becomes You, a guide to changing your life for good. And she wrote the book in her 80s. She was she was talking about reflecting on 80 decades, and and there was a quote that she has in the beginning of the book that says each of us is born. I believe, with a unique mission, a purpose in life that only we can fulfill. We are linked by a shared responsibility to help our human family grow kinder and happier. And um, I believe, Michael, you are mm-hmm. certainly working towards that every day. You um, live and you have a, a very unique mission. And, and you're starting to sort of refine it and discover it. and. Um, really evolve and and I think that uh, one of the things and I'm not very far into the book so I can't uh, say very much but I do know from what I have read so far is that she had very tough beginnings you know she had um, lived came from nut bush And she had not a good family life. Uh, You know, she was sort of shuttled between individuals. Uh, She was encouraged through um, one set of family members to sing in the choir. And that was really sort of how she found part of what her mission was. And and it was really amazing, I think, because no matter what trials that she faced, and she definitely had... Some obstacles and at one point I know that she had tried to take her own life and she kind of there was a reason that she came back you know she did not fulfill that unique mission she did have a greater purpose in life and I think the world would have been such a less colorful place without her in it and each one of us yeah. so um, you know mm-hmm. yeah and I, I'd i love to hear you know you are kind of on that journey and and I uh, know that there are some things that she wrote that inspired you, and I'd love to hear what you, your thoughts are about that, Michael. You know, each of well, us is born, Bishop. I believe, with a unique mission.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not the only one. Come on, each of us has one. Let's just establish mm-hmm. that right now. That that um, I, Yesterday was the first day I celebrated uh, not only me coming in, but my my guide, my partner in life, actually... We together, you know, came into this existence, and and uh, uh, which is just for our listeners. We all. This is not something that I have to believe or whatever. It's an absolute fact that that all uh, eight billion of us on this planet, in this earthly plane, have uh, a guide that enters this life with us, and their mission is to help us actually. Uh, Achieve our soul's intentions and uh, to kind of guide us to the good thought, uh, to think the good thought whenever we're confused, whenever we are in a situation where we need to make decisions to get us to focus on happiness, joy, and kindness, love, and um, at all times. And they can, you know, try to massage the thoughts uh, and hope that you make the right choice uh, or you can actually learn how to connect with them and then be, uh, be in concert with them in making choices and decisions as you go through life. Now I've, interestingly enough, it's, it, I turned 65 yesterday, but I don't think it's, I call it six and a half decades um, wow. old because it doesn't sound as, as long as people think, but I, 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 tell, I like to tell people I've forgotten about more expensive experiences than people have had in their life. I've forgotten more. And it's it's so mm-hmm. true. I come through every once in a while, look at something, I go, wow. Yeah, I had that experience. And the beautiful thing about it is that we all have these experiences. Now, uh, Tina, what made her so unique is how she, uh, she had been a Buddhist for 25 years. And in my view, that had a lot to do with how she was able to so gently and delicately uh, move through life to her, um, to her last breath. Um, her mother and father, she, she she's quoted as saying her mother and father didn't, didn't love each other, so they were always fighting. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: she uh, didn't get spend a lot of time with her kids. Um, that was one of her, one of her, uh, if she had any regrets, that was one of them that she, you know, however, I, I don't live in a world of regret. I know you don't either. Living in a world of regret is a, a very dark place, um, because it means that you're always fighting to, um, relive something you can't relive. And that doesn't make any sense, but we, what we can do is we can begin in this moment to live differently. Think differently about ourselves and our life. And this is the first birthday I've had where I actually had a, I actually had a, um, a, a knowledge and understanding of the fact that I do have my guide working with, working to to connect and, and gain some level of, of higher level of trust uh, with my guide with regard to what I'm being told and what I'm hearing in my head. Things of that nature, and it's made it very, very interesting. It's made it very, uh, it's making life very unique. Uh, and for me, uh, I am, you know, I just say, to all listeners, fellow listeners, if you had the opportunity to ask, why am I here? Why, what, what is my purpose? What is my intention? And you actually received now, there are many intentions. There's not just one. Um, there are many, many intentions. And uh, in, in my view, every time I go, I, I connect with someone, an individual, uh, I feel it is my intention to s- spread kindness, love, positive energy, uh, hope, optimism, uh, all of those things, to convey all of that in a very, very, very brief period of time when I connect with someone that and love and those things joy letting them know that uh, being an example that you can live from love and joy and kindness and and feel good about yourself and what you're in your from your life so uh one of the things that that i do uh is you know is that that is one of my intentions and i and i've been doing that for a very long period of time so a lot of pieces of this puzzle uh, of my life are kind of like falling into place and I'm now understanding, you know, where it is that I'm spo- – what I'm supposed to be doing, and I, I'll be doing some other things that we'll talk about on a future show. Uh, however, it, it Tina was 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 somebody who was incredibly gifted. I know in the book – what I'm interested in finding out as you read the book is at which point she um, – you, you you'd mentioned that she was – she had, uh, with one family – she was uh, guided to sing in the church choir and mm-hmm. where I'm sure she kind of discovered her, her skill and ability to be able to sing. But the point I'm interested in is the point where she pivots from that to seeing it as a, as a full fledged career for herself. And, uh, we all, you know, people have talked about her trials and tribulations with Ike, uh, and the, uh, the, the troubled relationship that they had, Uh, and how she left it. And that's kind of been put out there in the public realm. But the book, I'm sure, will talk about, um, she will talk about some things uh, that weren't put out in the public realm. And I'm always interested in those transformational stories.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that was interesting, Michael, is she talked about not having a phone and that, you know, she had to learn (laughs) to project her voice. And she said, you know, to be able to, like, you know she said she that was one of one of the things that sort of shaped her voice, and she said you know mm-hmm. she had a lot of power in her voice she said she ran track i mean a lot of things truly things that you never you know like you said, you only hear one side of the mm-hmm. story
2: oh,
0: yeah. um mm-hmm. what people focus on, what they kind of anchor into, and not where she came from and she said you know be even being out in in the fields and picking cotton or picking strawberries and enduring the heat. Those were things that she looked back on eighty decades later, right? Um Eight with,
2: decades, right, with
0: yeah, really loving and understanding why every aspect of it became her. And and you know, I think in the in the beginning her name was Anna Mae and it was Ike who changed her name to Tina and kind of gave for that persona. But I think it was, it's sort of interesting because at some point, even for each one of us, um, we are this awareness, this consciousness, this soul. And as that soul chooses whatever that life mission is, and chooses to come into physical form in this body, Mm -hmm. and we are given a name, right? We are given a name and that becomes who we are. And really, that is um, it takes on that personality that is that name. So for her, mm-hmm. you know, she had this. Somebody sort of chose who she she was by this persona. you are going to change who you are, and, and you're going to become this on stage. And you know, I mm-hmm. think for her it was breaking when she broke away from that, she, and it was through chanting and really going and looking inward that she was able to kind of nourish her soul and really gain an awareness of who she was and the fact that she could write songs herself I mean you know she had always been dictated to and all these little things that sort of kind of pushed her you know further and further away from this path that other people were trying to control to really finding who she was and then she started Mm -hmm. finding you know that she didn't have difficulties but more positive experiences and as you said more compassion and love and sort of like a finding her own soul song. And um, was there was there a quote, Michael, that you had read that she said about a soul song? And I, may, and I apologize, I can't recall what, what it was. A soul song. Did she say something about having a soul song? Or, I'm trying to think of where I read that.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, I don't know. But I do believe each one of us, each one of us has a song to our soul. And we all have, I agree with you, we all have guides. We come here on this earth plane not alone. And it's basically reconnecting to that. And so, one of the ways that I know that you have been able to connect and gain an awareness is through meditation and finding that quiet place and really sort of becoming in communion and recognizing that um there is something more to michael j russ that there is this other identity with your soul that you have um sort of a, you know i always call it like the boys in the band (laughs) you know you've got this Mm -hmm. this symphony of other um orchestrations that are sort of playing and creating this tapestry that is your life and yeah, I, um, I just, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Maybe share a little bit about that. What that looks like for the for the audience, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the various facets of everything that I do and are involved in. That was you referring to?
0: Right. Mhm.
1: Yeah. Uh, I. You know, it, it's. Um. I.
0: What? I, it's multi layered, right? Uh, everybody yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it
1: is because it's multi-layered um multi-dimensional uh it's it's something that the average in my view the average person never really digs deep into pursuing the things that they have an interest in that they that they find interesting um, i we we kind of live in a world where um it's like everything is your whole life is funneled down to finding something you can do for a living, going out and buying the house and the cars, raising a family, sending them off to college, and then retiring, right? And and, mm-hmm. and the the a, a lot of people uh, during the phase of so the the what I call the accumulation phase after they get out of school and they find a job and then they they uh, either either do or don't find a partner in life. Uh, if they do, they, they marry him. The whole idea is, your your you're, you're, um, your family wants you to have kids, children. Mothers want grandchildren. You know, it's, it's, so there's this whole, this is a lot of societal pressure and family and peer pressure to to actually move and do move a certain way. And it's an interesting individual that decides that's not it. I've never had kids this is by choice been married twice Mm -hmm. Uh, however I and I told both women I'm not interested in having kids if that's something you want you'd better find somebody who does you know I mean I I don't this is not a life where uh, kids are involved it's more of a me thing where I'm uh, you know moving through I've done a lot of things in a lot of lives and this is this is my opportunity to to uh, um, focus on myself Focus on and 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 others from a perspective of I have to learn what what love and joy and kindness and happiness means to me, and then I can project that out to other people, and then I can I can share. You, it's it's sort of a, a vibe. I got to get the vibe myself, as like I say, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what I've been doing my whole life is getting the vibe myself. Um, and I can look back now in sixty-five years and see how every little nuance of what happened to me helped me to be the person I am today and give me the launching pad for the person I uh, evolve into tomorrow. And because I've spent a lot of introspective time looking at it and and seeing how what my, the decisions my mother made, the decisions my father made. And with Tina Turner, um, I mean, literally, <clears throat> uh, I just read something for her, which, which is – She said, "I don't help myself. I don't hate myself anymore. I used to hate my work, hate that sexy image, hate uh, hated those pictures of me on stage, hated the big raunchy person. uh, That big raunchy person on stage. I'm acting the whole time. I'm there. As soon as I get out of those songs, I'm Tina again. Now that's interesting. And the question is, who's Tina? (laughs) That's 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 an interesting question to me." Um, you know, it's not the, it's not the music and all the other stuff, but, but Ike, is, her, her, her foray with Ike, uh, really was a, a, yeah, I don't, I'm not a person who believes that anything, anybody we're with that, that guides us in life, that, that moves us in certain direction and others is a coincidence. Uh, she, right. one of her souls intentions was to get together with Ike. As bad as it was, it was a transformational period for her. And that mm-hmm. transformation Came with some negatives, right? So um, her souls, one of her souls intentions could have been that she gets together with Ike. She has that traumatic situation, so that she knows what she doesn't want in life and what she does, and then moves off on her own. And she became a much bigger star than Ike could have ever been. Um, and right. and uh, and the question, of course, then is, you know, for her, it's not it's not what's happening on stage. And I got this impression. And I love this about people who are uh, in the public eye. They don't adopt that as their persona, as their identity. I don't get a right. feeling that, she, that that Tina Turner, the on-stage uh, charismatic singer, uh, bellowing singer, was the uh, and dancer, was her identity. It was just an identity for a period of time that she assumed, but she herself. Uh, she came to grips with who she was as a person. And that's why I'm saying that, that uh, right. uh, in, in my view, that her, her 25 years of Buddhism helped ground her, helped give her um, a, a basis for being uh, a wonderful human being, a kind, loving, uh, compassionate, empathetic human being, and that she was able to somehow transcend all that Negativity earlier in life and, and her growing up. I, I don't, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting world. The world becomes extremely, very interesting when you, your life, when you start looking back on your life and you start, and, you, and instead of regretting and, and wishing that hadn't happened or wishing you hadn't had that bad experience, that you say, okay, how does this fit into my life narrative? How has this made me who I am today? And be mm-hmm. appreciative and thankful for it versus, and grateful for it uh, forgiving yourself for anything that you did or said that was, uh, that you feel was uh, inappropriate, uh, forgiving, uh, the actions of others, knowing the fact that if that action hadn't happened, you wouldn't have been the person you are today. So my layers, how that fits in is, is very simple. Uh, you know, my mother saw me beating on chairs at seven. She got tired of it being, you know, rhythmic on furniture all around the house and took me to the Officers Club drummer and said, here, I think he needs drum lessons. He's always beating on things. Mm-hmm. Now, 65 years later, I'm still beating on things. I'm beating on the steering wheel of my car rhythmically with every song that comes on. Drives my girlfriend crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm still doing it. I'm but still you know, tapping. It's
0: part of, yeah, it's part of you. It's part of who who you are in yeah. this incarnation. And yeah. I think, you know, there's a... I mean, it may sound cliche, but there's a rhythm to your soul, <laughs> Michael. I mean, there there is, and you're you're tuning into it, and you're moving. I think you may actually move it, use it as a way of moving energy through, and you know, you're tuning into a yeah. vibration, and you're anchoring it in, and you know, this and it's like you know, there's lots of different beats in a lot of musical compositions, but which one are you tuning into? And I think it's a great mm-hmm. metaphor for life. Because in the in the cacophony of the day, with all these different things vying for your attention, what are the things that resonate with you that you're focusing on? That go, oh, that caught my eye. I'm going to pay attention to that. And and I think that that's really what it is. Because there are things that are you are going to notice. And and she said that in in her book. She talked about. She said her son came home, and you know she was going through a difficult time. And he said, you know, you really there's this thing going on, and I want you to come to this chanting thing with me. And she's like, oh well, I'd really like to do that, but I've got to do this, and so she put it off. And then mm-hmm. she said, Ike came home with a this strange woman. He said she was he was always showing her off, and this woman happened to be a Buddhist who was involved in chanting <laughs> so it was like the universe was saying okay well you didn't pay attention to it when your son brought you the message but so we're gonna bring it back to you in this other, figure out yeah this other it's, mm-hmm.
1: it's so spot-on this is what this is what I was talking about earlier about our guides finding a way to to gently mm-hmm. nudge us on the right path right mm-hmm. we didn't pay attention to it oh, the I first time yeah, our 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 guides are looking to nudge us to to the to the better thought to the better action, right, for ourselves, and because that better action is in line with what our it, our souls, one of our souls' intentions, right? That right. That's what it's about. And we all we all want, you know, where we want to go, where we want to grow, how we want to, uh, you know, where we're supposed to be. Um, our guides know past, present, and future, so it's a function of. They know what we have set out to do, and they're here to really hold us to that task, and to attempt to keep us on track. Although free will does move in, so when we we know mm-hmm. we're on the wrong track, by the way we feel. I've always said this: right. if you mm-hmm. make a decision and you don't feel good as you're moving with that decision, whatever that is. If you decide to go take a job somewhere, and you didn't listen to your to your heart or your gut, or you didn't listen to the way you felt about it when it was offered to you or anything else, and you went and did it anyway, right? The guy's not here to Mm -hmm. say you're moving in the wrong direction. It's you just, it's up to you to say, hey, to realize that you're not feeling good when you're, you're not feeling joy, happiness, love, uh, friendship, companionship, none of those things. You're not feeling kindness. You're not feeling those things when you're doing what you're doing. So it's up to you to make a change when you, when you know that you've made a decision that's, that's not right. I was thinking about something just a second ago while you were talking because uh, you asked about the multiple layers and stuff like that. My mother never stopped us from trying things. And I know other parents have done the same thing. It's like if you, got a, if you see a soccer thing and you want to try that, okay, go try that. You, know, you don't have to commit to it for a lifetime. Just go try it. You know, who knows? You may like it. And then you may not. And if you don't like it, you can go try something else, a dance or, or ballet for a young lady or, or a guy, um, uh, or music or this instrument or that instrument or whatever it may be, art. You know, you, you pick up a pencil or a pen and do it. You know, see if, see if it works. Go to an art class and see if it resonates with you. Um, a lot of people don't get that. And then, then yet again, the, the actual statement that parents make that is, in my view, one of the biggest killers of dreams and just in creativity and curiosity is there's no money in that. Mm. You can't make a living doing that, right? Right. It's, it's a thought virus that just, just, just wipes out everything. It's like the atom bomb of thought viruses when it comes to creativity uh, or um, an inspiration uh, and, and curiosity. We have to be curious. I realized something today when I was taking a walk, and I'm going to tell you what it is because <laughs> my guide made me aware of this and, and that I've been doing this all my life. And I love architecture. I, 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 can, I can be walking and I can look at things that other people would just pass by. The tree, okay, a spruce. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of the beauty of the way uh, a spruce or a cypress, the leaves, the structure of the tree. I can walk by it and look at it and go, Wow, how cool is that? How, you know, and just basically love on it for a moment. Love the the way it looks, right?
2: Mm-hmm. The the
1: softness of the of the the branch structure and the, the 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 just it's just amazing stuff. And then I can look at other things, but I will find. The thing that I can pay attention to and love on for a moment—that is what I've always done. It, no matter where I am, i go walking down the street in, in you know, in a, in a city somewhere in Europe, and my girlfriend's gone. What are you looking at? <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the way that that building arches over the way it, that that—I mean, that was some serious work. I was in New Orleans and I saw this opening to this building that must have been—I don't know. 150 years old, and it had this green marble, carved green mar- marble entrance to this building. And, I, and I, said, I said, look at that. I'm sitting there having a cocktail, kitty corner at a bar, kitty corner to this place. And I said, look at that. In- look at that. It is so beautiful. It's like the way that the arch um, was was constructed with, with faces and other things. This is green marble, for Christ's sakes. Who did that? You know, who had that vision? And, and looking at the rest of the building, and I just love buildings with character. And I'll look at buildings. I'm walking down the sidewalk and I'm looking at a building that's for sale. It's dilapidated. And I look at the doors and I'm going, do you see those 10-foot doors with the arches at the top? And she looks at the whole building. And she goes, that place is falling apart. I said, yeah, but did you see the door? <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, did you see that door? Because it's like, because the bill, and I kind of get this vision in my mind.
0: Michael, I just, I just can't. I'm just smiling like beyond belief. We
2: can't <laughs> <laughs> can even
1: imagine. Forget about this. <laughs> what are you seeing? I'm seeing this door, and I'm thinking that would look really cool, refinished. Quite frankly, that would. If somebody should buy that place and just bring it back to life as the wonderful building. These buildings are, you know, they're they're only about 20 feet wide, three stories tall. Uh, big big tall windows that's why they built buildings back then they've got 14 yeah. foot ceilings and they're just gorgeous right lots yeah. of plaster work it. and other mm-hmm. things yeah you walk I, in and you like wow. yeah i
0: mean <laughs> if you walk into that's my yard do. or my house there's i have i find pieces of old metal and carved wood and it's like there's so much beauty in it and mm-hmm. there's
2: can't I, I, just, it
0: I can't I yeah no and and it's it's crazy because I, I find ways to incorporate it into different things and even when I was a kid I I'm smiling because I grew up in western Canada where there's so a plethora of birch trees and the way that the bark and I was always so fascinated like you could you know you could peel it off and it was like it wrote, it was already had a story but you could write on it or you know the Indians yeah. use it to use, yeah. on their canoes and and there was just mm-hmm. there was something about the textures in the forest and just recently I turned into he's a biologist in North Carolina his name's Dr. Adrian Smith who photographs and captures insects in very slow motion it, it is the most beautiful fascinating thing to see how they extend their wings and how they take flight it's like watching ballet it is i'll i'll uh, actually i'll post it because i and and when i was a kid we had a pool so there would inevitably when you'd skin the pool in the morning there would be a an abundance of bugs and I mm-hmm. was so fascinated by these books. I'm like, look at this one. Look at this. i was <laughs> like, "What is yeah, wrong with you?" But there was there. I mean, and you talk about architecture. I mean, or whatever it is, the structures and nature. And to me, that's like nourishing my soul. I don't know exactly all the different things that um, brought me to this point, but that's that's a big part of it. I've always been fascinated with the details and things, and it sounds mm-hmm. as though, you know, you were as well. And, yeah, um, I, I agree. I do want to make one, one comment because you were talking about how things unfold and trusting in the process. So in December, I was driving across a bridge in the city of Pittsburgh and I saw a billboard, and the billboard was for Carol Collins, the Pittsburgh medium, and I thought, oh, I don't know who <laughs> that is. Never heard of her a before. Bill- a billboard? Yeah, she had a, a billboard. It was at the end wow. of the bridge, and I thought, and and it was, you know, I and I looked at it. I mean, you know, putting out a sign, it couldn't be a bigger sign to, to sit right in front of me at the end of a bridge, you know, And but I didn't really, I got busy with other things, and I believe I told you I had an event that I had signed up for, and the morning of the event, I really didn't feel like going. I just, right. you know, but... I put my big girl pants on and I got up and who was there but Carol Collins <laughs> and I had the opportunity because things got a little quiet. I thought, well, I'll have a you know fifteen minute session and then I thought, no, you know what? I deserve a half an hour and it was the most fascinating time and from that I you know she invited me to be part of one of the class series and uh, a. Her, uh, she gave me a copy of her book Ocularity, and I started reading it. And I shared a conversation, and then it piqued your curiosity. And it, and then we had her on the show, and then one thing led to another, you know. And and it's it's all I, I look at the sequence of events um, for mm-hmm. both of us, and right. why things and unfolded you the way that they did. <laughs> and and it, it is it's. Go ahead, please. I'd love for you no, to I'm,
1: fill I'm in saying, the blank. The beauty, the beauty here of it is that you can. The question that comes to my mind is, what if this? What if the reason that you and I started doing this show over a year and a half ago is is so that I, we could get to this point where we met Carol Collins and Quite
0: possibly look
1: at what look at what's happened since I've met become aware of Peril Collins and how it, it kind of tied into me finding uh, one of my uh, soul's intentions, following it, moving forward, and and kind of filling in the blanks of some of the whys that I've been asking, oh, my gosh, since I was 24. Since I was 24, actually, it was more than before that. I think it was since I was 19 years old. I've been wondering, what am I supposed to do here? What? Why am I here? Right? Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, if you'd have told me when I was 19, I wouldn't have been ready for the answer. Right. Um, I had to go through all these things, you know, marriage number one, marriage number two, relationship breakups, relationship initiations, you know, all these things. Um, and, and the work uh, that I had been doing, uh, playing music as a, a DJ and, and, and having a business. I mean, I can name a hundred different things. The point is, that the beauty of, of our lives is that we can kind of trace back, trace, trace the little stepping stones back to how things that we thought that were just coincidences were actually serendipitous and led us to a particular point in, in time where we mm-hmm. are now and all the experiences along that journey. And I know people who that's not the way they think. They don't think right. that way. They think they 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 live in a world of of again regret and
2: uh,
1: angst about the the past and why this didn't go right and why that didn't go right and I wish I hadn't made that decision and you know if I coulda woulda shoulda this is the world that they live in and I'm like gosh how can you enjoy the moment be be kind to who you're who you're encountering. Share love, be loving of yourself. How can you, you be the, the energy, the ball of energy that, and, and light that you're supposed to be when you are so focused on something you can't change that actually mm-hmm. helped get you where you are today? I mean, let's start here now. This is what this is, I call it, bookmarking. You bookmark where right. you are right here. Forget the rest. You bookmark. Put that bookmark right here. This is where you start. This is when – how your thoughts change in this very moment is going to determine what your life is going to be like going forward. So you have to literally bookmark it. Same thing when you set a you set a goal, you know, a goal of weight right. loss. Forget the fact that you, you tried 19 other things and it didn't work. Bookmark where you are today and yeah. take that and say – use it as a lesson of, okay, there's something else. You don't let it jade you about trying something new and then because if people always say oh it didn't work I've tried everything really you've tried everything information is constant it's always unfolding in life and the people you meet the next person you meet if you if you decide to change your thought to bookmark the past right then and there I'm going to be in the present the next person that you meet may be because you forgot about the past. You let it go. Because right. you now you're, you shift your thoughts. And this is the nuance that fascinates the heck out of me. It's the nuance that that serendipitous kind of thing occurs or that, that thing you thought was, you know, the, the, the billboard you saw that was meant for you, right? Maybe my guy is getting together with your guy and saying he needs to be there Show her the billboard, because she lives in Pittsburgh. She'll tell him, and then they'll have her on the show. I mean, listen, this is the way to unfolds. Right. And then, boom, all this, this new world really opens up. I'm fascinated by that. I get energized by that. I had oh. a gentleman talk to me yesterday. It's funny, because I have a good friend that we, you know, I'm always meeting people in the strangest places. And I love the way, I, it always happens the same, either a restaurant or a bar, Okay. Because that's where people gather. <laughs> right. So, I, I'm I'm am in I'm in Jamaica at this resort. Uh, last year, year before last, year before last, I'm in this I'm in this resort, and in Jamaica, and it's the day we're leaving. And I run across. I, I we we had just eaten breakfast, and there was a couple sitting, over at another two top over, you know, in, in the restaurant and. Something about this guy, he was doing something, and I, what I normally do to initiate a conversation is I I look at them and I, I, I make a, a statement or a comment about, acknowledge something about them that I think is really cool. And I kind of did that. Can't tell you exactly what it was, but I did that. And we, we ended up talking until it was time to go get the luggage. When we discovered, he, was, he and his, his wife were there for another week, they had been there for a week already and we were leaving and they were staying another week. And I, and I said, look, he says, she says, man, this is, this is really cool. We, we, it's too bad. We didn't meet a little earlier. However, let's connect when we, when we, when we get back. And every, every month or so, I have a conversation with him and he told me something and we're going to end up traveling together because he and his, his his wife are really, really awesome people. He's English and self-made man. And he, he lives in different places around the world, uh, and for a year or two, and just to experience them and discover them, and then he moves somewhere else, he goes and finds another place to hang out, uh, and because she works out of the house, and he doesn't work. So Internet connection is all you need. But he said, mm-hmm. I couldn't talk to you last week in because we had a friend over. And let me just tell you about this friend. There's a friend of of his wife. She came over for a couple of days. And she was, he said, Michael, he says, you wouldn't believe it. Her energy was so bad. Oh, it was boy. so bad. Yeah. He says, I, I don't know what was going on with her. And evidently, they didn't want to ask because they didn't want to open that can of worms. Uh, however, uh, she, he said, man, it was terrible. We couldn't wait for her to leave. And luckily, she said, you know, Saturday she was going to stay a couple of extra days. But then Sunday she said, no, I've got to leave today. And they were both going, oh, yeah, thank you very much. You know, oh, I'm so glad you're leaving. <laughs> because she was, she was a downer on the weekend. And then he turns, he, he, says, he says, Michael, says I just want to let you know something. My conversation with you here today, because I talked to him for about 20 minutes, was the complete opposite. You are so full of energy, so full of life. I love talking to you. And he says, I just want you to know that. And I said, well, I appreciate you letting me know that. And I was, by the way, when I was talking to him, I was cleaning a horse stall. Uh, it's not <laughs> That's that. what I was doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like most people, oh, I'm cleaning a horse stall. I'm doing the worst thing, worst job in the world. No, I'm just, I'm having fun cleaning the horse stall. It's like therapy. Cathartic mm-hmm. for me uh, to, to do something. And then I can look at my finished work and let the horse back in, give her a carrot. And, and it's just awesome i will find joy and beauty in the simplest of things in the most basic of things and in my view that is what we're supposed to be doing that's what life is oh
0: about. 100% yeah Tina yeah, Turner said that in that in the book that was really I actually wrote this down because she said if there's one lesson I've learned is that encountering adversity as I have isn't necessarily a bad thing it's what we make of it and how we use it to shape ourselves and our future right, that ultimately exactly. determines our success and happiness. And she also mm-hmm. talked about, you know, the mud being thicker where the lotus blooms and, and that when it does to reach the sun, it's stronger. And she said the same is true for people. And I, I don't know um, if you're familiar with Ram Das. He was a guru that Wayne Dyer quoted a lot. And I... And I think that it's so interesting because he had always been about you know the psychology and the soul and the lessons and then when he was 65 he had a massive stroke and he at first you know he was really depressed after the stroke but then it was like all of a sudden all of this wisdom emerged it was for him the mud because he because he was paralyzed, he had always been so focused on the body. He actually had to um, focus on inner wisdom, and and it was so interesting. Cause he, and what he talked about is just being patient. That you know, it's when it's time for you to wake up, and mm-hmm. that it's part of your journey to carry you on to the next step. And to acknowledge that and to really see it as a gift and and i think tina did that i think you exemplify that um you know i try to do my best every day i mean I you
2: do it don't do you know, me this think,
0: try stuff you, you know do it. i think to myself i you thought oh you know i finally have some time and then you know a, a newborn kitten shows up on my life with the the center <laughs> attached <and laughs> next thing you know i'm i'm Feeding, you know, going to the to the the store and getting formula and doing feedings and
1: and You're whatnot, a caretaker being.
0: It is. You absolutely are right. It is you're a part caret- of Yeah, you're a caretaker. It
1: is.
2: Yeah, you've got such My eating. mother had a <laughs>
0: had a friend whose whose mother was the same that she used to during the depression. She used to take care of tramps that would go by and the tramps if you were a good cook they would put an x at the house so people knew the next person when they came along and i think that animals do that with me <laughs> i think there's a very good point x somewhere
1: i told you no know. the the meow when i when i sent you a text the other day i said the meow is out
0: the meow yeah, meaning
1: the word is out the meow is out they meow and they say like, hey, come over here she got you You need some food just come to this one you know I mean, it is. It is really, really true. But you're you're so you're so kind, so caring, so loving with uh, with, with little furry bees. Oh, thank beans. you for that. And uh, I, um, you just, <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting because we're currently living vicariously through um, a good friend of ours who who got a um, uh, a new Corgi puppy, a little female Aww. puppy who's about six weeks old right now, and. She is more adorable than you can possibly imagine, and reminds us of the the umpteen corgis that we've raised, and uh, and the fact that that uh, uh, how how wonderful it is to have those little companions running around, uh, running amok, causing all kinds of trouble, Uh, and how they grow into really smart, um, confident, and very communicative. Uh, dogs mm-hmm. uh, with with a vocabulary that is pretty amazing, um, and so yeah, we're uh, I I when it comes to that, I've got a little cat just decided to who's been hanging out with me during the show, uh, who decided to go get a little mushroom chair that we have and you know do some more nap time for two or three hours uh, before dinner. But that I I'm I like loving on this wonderful little creature. Um, I realize that that now in my life there are other priorities, other things that I need to be doing. Travel amongst one of them, amongst them, uh, and having a it's it's almost it's a challenge. I don't want to to actually go with being selfish because I want a dog, and knowing that when I'm going to leave for a week or two, I've got somebody else that has to take care of it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. it's like it, right. it's, it's I want I'd love to have a corgi I'd love to have another corgi but it takes two years to get them to the point where you where you know they're uh, self-reliant and just wonderful when they're fully trained two years I'm like I have to sit at home for two years to you know work with this little furry creature to get to help them uh in this world and I don't we, neither of us agree that we have any more time for that. So there are other priorities that, that actually come up. But the, little, the kitten, I told somebody the other day, if you have control issues, get a cat. It'll help alleviate those control issues because you can't control mm-hmm. a cat. You know? and, and you have to have a little being in your life that you can't order around because you can't order a cat around. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 they're on their own. They're in their own little world. They're little aliens running around with their own idea of life. Um, You know, which takes me back to one thing we started talking about a little earlier with regard to curiosity. Um, it's it's the thing that one word uh, can move mountains. Curiosity. Uh, we mm-hmm. we lose our curiosity if we are stuck in, in in rigidity. If we're if we're forced into a rigid atmosphere where we're outside the box thinking just curiosity just why is that why is this why is that Um, when that kind of thinking is frowned upon because it doesn't Mm -hmm. conform to to get you through whatever school or class or whatever it is that you're that you're doing Uh, but the people who are most creative uh, are the ones like Tina Turner discovering that she could write songs I think that's awesome right really Mm -hmm. amazing I've, I've I've attempted yeah. to write a song, by the way. It's just not something that I was put on this planet to do. Um, well, I'm sure can that you could that. do it.
0: You got lots <laughs> oh, of people that you could collaborate with, for sure. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah right. I
0: think. Can... <laughs> when you talk about imagination, though, I I was. I listened to Jim Quick, who I really enjoy his book Limitless, and, and talking about the brain. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talked about was imagination. He said, you know, when we're in school, we are taught to learn by rote method, and you repeat, mm-hmm. and it's extremely boring. And things are. And he said, and one of the tricks that he uses, and for him, the boy with the broken brain, he couldn't learn wrote, but he could through the imagination. So when he mm-hmm. would uh, utilize he would start to see pictures. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, he talked about the periodic tables, you know, that, for instance, you know, if you if you had oxygen, you would think ox, and if you would see nitrogen, you'd of a knight in shining armor and that was ways and he said and you have all of these different things and but I really thought about it because sort of in the tapestry of my life I have done that and I think I anchor things in visually and um just it I, and I think that's what even Tina Turner when she was in her about being in you know, thing she said you know she didn't consciously think about having a dream like where do I see myself on stage but eventually it became you know she had this sort of um, bridge in the distance like she knew that she enjoyed movies and so she would go to a show and then she would come home and she would put it act the whole thing out for her family and it was so realistic and it was something that really resonated with her for you it's tapping a rhythm out on a steering wheel and you don't know and, and you, know, you kind of ask an open-ended question like if tapping on a steering wheel would open another door for you in what direction what would that look like? I don't know, you know, maybe Jeremiah knows, I don't know You and I think when you That's live in that magical world of curiosity and I don't know mm-hmm. what there. I'm sure there. you will look back and go, ah, I get it I get why that yeah. is showing up in my life
1: yeah yeah the second thing that that uh, really uh, stumps most people when it comes to uh employing their curiosity and their imagination is the word how um it's it's a it's a showstopper uh mm-hmm. a, a killer of dreams everything else you know there's there's uh, i call it self-sabotage because you you have to in order to grasp Uh, uh, your belief in something you have to know how it happens how is that going to work how can that occur i'm only here right now how am i going to get there and the real question isn't how it's it's what what happens from having that imagining that that imagining that thought imagining that thing i love going there and uh I love the idea of of getting rid of the how, just eliminating it all together. Who, who, who cares how? It, if if I believe it and I, I fall in love with doing it, I can imagine it for myself. Then it, it, it every opportunity will present itself to help mm-hmm. me get there. I just have to recognize yep. those opportunities, those people, those circumstances that. TV commercial or that billboard that uh, that you, you drive by every day. Um, there's nothing that's by accident. It's a beautiful thing about life and it energizes me. This, the thought of that energizes me. You know, there's mm-hmm. thinking about where, uh, where I'll end up and I don't concern myself with how. The people will come into life. The circumstances will occur. If you will believe in it strongly enough, if you love on it, the idea strongly enough it's it's and there's a reason why you're doing it in the first place, why it resonates mm-hmm. with you. So um, we have to kind of go with that. There's always a reason why it resonates with you. Um, oh, there's good. a lot of things that don't resonate with me. Yeah, you know? uh, mm-hmm. but you know, we we I admire you for having the, the 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 houses that you do and and the things that go into that. Um,
2: well, thank you. I've always
1: said I'm not a I'm not a landlord. <laughs> I'm not a landlord. <laughs> I'm, I'm not landlord material. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I
2: never had. Well, I had a condo. It
1: sat <laughs> empty. <laughs> I had a beautiful three-story cross, condo across the street from the beach. I let it stay empty because I didn't want to rent it out. Because more than anything, I, was, I thought to myself, the My energy in this place is so good. Walking in the door. That was something everybody made, the comment everybody made. The energy is fantastic. And I said, yeah, no. I spent a lot of time curating the energy of this place.
2: Mm-hmm. The placement
1: of items, the, the light, the way the light comes in, the brightness of it, it's just beautiful. I could sit there for hours in my own living room or in my office upstairs on the third floor or my bedroom, anywhere else, and just not concern myself with anything else. And people mm-hmm. say, oh, it's fantastic. And I didn't want people coming in there who didn't have the same level of energy or who had energy that was off, um, and and just messing up the energy in the place I mean, oh, that totally came through. Understand. You know <laughs> what do. I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't even you know do if you think. Well, and you curate the space, and you you know there are certain mm-hmm. objects and things that you bring into it. I I don't know if you have ever read anything by Robert Fulghum. He is an author, and and he had uh, one of in one of the books that was written he talked about keeping a brick on his altar and and I, I think about that because I have lots of things that have a history I love things with a history and oh, yeah. one of the things that, that he said he said you know what the reason that he keeps a brick on his altar he said that he said at some point that brick was just earth it was just earth and then there was yeah. fire and water added to it and it became a brick and it was used in a building and that building was somebody's home and then that home you know had a story to it but eventually as you said you know, you look at it starts to decay or whatever and it's mm-hmm. torn down and then that brick is cast aside and what happens to it it becomes rubble and does it wash away or does it be go back to being earth and it's kind of the way that we are here on this planet it's it's a a metaphor for life and so you know when you curate space like when i bring things into my space there's an energy to it there's something that has meaning to me even though it's so Mm -hmm. silly i I bought a a book the other day about uh it was entitled i want to say it's like made with love made made by love or made by love or well loved so I can't apologize I can't I'll find the title of it mm-hmm. but it was it was a pictorial of people's teddy bears and their their well-worn animals that were stuffed that had been really worn like barely threadbare some of them and mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. all had such beautiful energy and the fact that this particular photographer photographed the age and the story behind them. I mean I just
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was like, oh my
1: Wonderful. gosh. <laughs> it
2: was just
0: yeah.
1: but it said you know, something to me. It's true. Mm-hmm. That, that that is that is the beauty of of curation. Um, mm-hmm. I like to say that there's not a thing. I, I have an office with a lot of stuff in it. A lot of very interesting, unique things and, and someone could walk into my office and pick something up and I could give them the story behind it. I can tell right. the story, uh, the, the the energy of the story as to why I have it, why I own it. I just, you uh, going into a store and buying something to fill a space is one thing. Uh, but every picture on the wall has a story. Every uh, knick-knack that you see, every statue, every whatever has a story that goes along with it. And I've always uh, done that. And so... Uh, the idea of having somebody—we had a friend who, who bought a house, went away for for three weeks somewhere, that's where it was. He got married, bought a house, went away for three weeks, and he had he had an interior design firm totally furnish his house, furnish their yeah. house before they returned in three weeks. Yeah, and it cost him like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And they they literally, they walked out of the house and there was nothing in it. They walked back into the house and everything was there from blinds to furniture to table, knickknacks. I mean, it was was an interior design feast. And I'm like, the the thought that went through my head is, what about the energy from those things? The energy of everything. Everything, you know, the, the joy is in buying something. Is the story behind how you got it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) To me, that that's because your eye caught it, and then you 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 loved it, you you had an interest in it, and then you came to 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 like it, then you came to love it, and then you came to want it and have it, and and the story of where you got it, how it got from where it was when you first saw it to where it is, you know. I've got I've got three Kachina dolls in here that I bought in in uh, in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, in, a, in an art gallery, and uh, were that were made by Hopi Indians, and you know, I can think back, and I, in my mind's eye, I can bring that whole scenario back to life as to where I found them, how I found them, and why I bought them. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, and and that's mm-hmm. to me, to me, that's the absolute beauty of it. And when you travel, I know people who travel, and they they buy at least one or two little things that have a story behind, um, that have the energy and the story behind, a story behind why they, 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 they got them. You know, my mother's house is full of things like that everywhere we ever lived. I have lots of
0: rocks that I pick up on the, on the ground when I travel. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I bet they're,
2: I bet they're and, fantastic and I looking, could, too. I
0: can tell you where they're from. I know it sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but I'm like, oh, no, that's, you know, this one came from British Columbia and this one came from England. Isn't that
1: cool? Yeah. But that's, you know, love, as, as, as Carol said, love on something collective Mm -hmm. love on something love find something to love on every day love on on when you take a walk love the smell of the air love the things you see along the way love the people that you that you meet you don't have to say anything to them but you can just shoot them a a a warm glance say hello and keep walking Mm -hmm. um all of that is is important and it becomes even more important as we get older and, uh, it, it is, I, I can't tell you exactly why it becomes important. I think mean, that's pretty interesting and very individual to, to people. For me, it's, it's a, it's a, I love connecting. And so mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't matter how brief the connection. I like connecting, sending a smile someone's way and making sure that they know that, uh, that there's, that they can feel that positive energy that's, um, that's been sent to them. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's I thought, oh, to, to Yeah, no. Bring this.
0: Beautiful. Thank you.
1: But Tina, you. Come back to Tina Turner and, and one of the things that we're talking about a life uh, that one of the most amazing things is, as I said earlier, that she, her life wasn't, she made a comment that she, she she was totally all right not going back on stage, not performing again. She was totally fine with that. At a certain point in her life, she was all right with it. And that means that, again, she, I think it ties back to her Buddhism. She didn't feel like she needed to do that to be whole. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I thought that to me, that's the most blessed thing that she she said, to be that big of an icon and not, you know, because there's a lot of entertainers uh, people in the public eye, that, that becomes who they are. And they, they lose sight of who, of who they really, the essence of who they are. And it becomes this, this, uh, this thing, this persona. And when that persona no longer exists, they don't know who they are. Because they haven't continued to, um, tap into those things that made them curious when they were, younger things they had interest in you know i it, we, we you asked me about certain levels earlier in our conversation uh i music i've made art i i can draw i can sew i can use this i used to i had a whole soft sculpture business back in the early 80s late 70s early 80s where i we made myself and my partner we made um seven foot high plants out of fabric
2: Nobody knows this
1: about me. It's interesting. But I do have one picture where we brought everything together. I have that picture. The picture of uh of of the the tropical plants and everything that we made that nobody could could believe that they were that they were all fabric, velvet and chintz and other things. And uh I love art. I love I don't paint per se. I haven't really sat down to paint, but I love the idea of Sunday sculpting. That really intrigues mm-hmm. me. And uh, and because I know I have have a lot of dexterity in my hands and always have, and probably that's the reason why I play the drums. um, And being able to to use left half brain, right half brain, left foot, right foot, all at the same right left hand, right hand, all at the same time, bring it all together. And it's people think it's easy. Uh, However, uh, it is easy to those people who actually do it because it's 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 second nature. Um I, I'm I don't think I could teach somebody how to do it because, you know. By the way, I I'm gonna leave you with this one thing. Um my golf game had kind of deteriorated over the past two, three months. And yesterday I changed one of the clubs in my in my bag and it it brought back a certain energy. Plus, I asked my guide to help me because it was my birthday, and I wanted to play really well <laughs> on my birthday. So, I don't know. I was channeling, channeling a professional golfer who passed on. However, yesterday I shot the best score in golf that I shot in uh, about 15 years.
0: That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah,
1: it is It is. It is amazing. I've, I was so – and it's – again, it's always one – one step at a time, can't get ahead of yourself. It's always one shot at a time, one stroke at a time, one foot at a time. It's always one foot in front of the other. And golf is not a game where you can run, from, run four miles around a course and actually expect to have played well. It's always one little movement at a time, one little movement at a time. Just like taking care of your, little, little, your new little kitties. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's what happens now feeding now that's important it's not the end result right. they're going to grow up into into um wonderful little felines however it's that little it's paying attention to to this moment and that's what Absolutely. that's what i love about golf it's paying attention to this and it's everything this moment yeah. you know and if I, yeah, could, no. if I could leave the audience with one thing with one thing i would simply say uh, kind of reiterate what I said earlier. Pay attention to how you feel about where you are, what you're doing, what you're involved in. And make decisions that are attached to joy and love and kindness. Joy and love, happiness. Make those, make decisions based on that. Instead of how much money, how much, you know, how many people, whether somebody else is going to like it or not, is we, we make decisions based on all kinds of things that we shouldn't be making decisions about, and we should be focused on. on And, and this is I've come to understand what our guys really wants to do is to focus on the happy thoughts, the joy. Does that thing bring me joy?
2: Right. Does that thing and make me feel said, love?
1: Does that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say find you, as you said, it best, Michael, find something to love on. You yeah, know, because exactly. we are all joined and we are all connected to love, and you,
2: right.
0: yeah, you're absolutely 100% right. And uh, so thanks for getting the name for, of the show,
1: and everybody. there, yeah, buddy. <laughs> I love you. Did that? Yeah, I love so, you. Did that? Yeah. Connect to so love. Grateful. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. So grateful. Until yeah, next time.
2: Until until next time. Thank you.